Our biblical text will be uh, our thematic scripture this morning, and we shall draw from that for our message, in the base of our message. St. John, the sixth chapter, and 35th verse. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. Somebody say never. Never hunger, and he that believeth in me shall never. Somebody say never. Never, never thirst. Amen. I want you to look around at anybody and just say, I believe, I believe that the church, that church has, propelled me has propelled me in Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ who, is my bread, who is my bread and my butter, and my, butter my, toast, my toast, and all the goodness. Amen. You may be seated. Somebody just say propelled. Somebody say that again real loud. Propelled. That's what I'm going to talk about this morning. Propelled. My brothers and my Christian brothers and sisters, uh, Every Christian that's been touched by God has or should have some type of movement. Not just any movement, but a special type of movement. Just, just allow me to say, it doesn't take all day to move for God. It doesn't take all night to be busy for God and be propelled by the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul might say it like this. I was traveling on the Damascus Road one day and suddenly a light flashed around him. And the heavens propelled Paul into his future. My brothers and sisters, the 78th anniversary committee has used as part of their theme the word propelled. And when we use the word propelled, this use of the word, we wish to see or they have seen some type of movement in this ministry on this corner. Not just come along to be along, but sincere and severe movement. If anyone would ask, what about that which is propelled? Well, propelled, it is an adjective that is something set in motion, thrust forward, driven ahead, pitched, launched, and impelled. We might say, why? Why, Reverend, so much movement? Here's the quick answer. We must move because Christ has moved in us. Have I got witnesses in this house? We should move because Jesus Christ motivates us and he motivates us in life. Why do you ask? Well, 
I'll tell you why. One day, Jesus' mother and father were searching for him at 12 years of age. And as they moved toward Jesus, he said, I must be about my father's business. Now, one would ask again, what does bread have to do with what moves? Thematically speaking, the church is propelled by Jesus Christ. And guess what? The church isn't the four walls, but this church is in you. You are the church of God. In you are the church of Christ. You are the church of God in Christ. So the church is propelled by Jesus Christ. He, as he's recorded in John, Jesus Christ, the bread of life. Now, 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 for us as a Christian fellowship, the bread embodies and it feeds on our church. And it feeds us. Have I got witnesses in this house? It, it, it feeds us. What does it feed us? Who feeds us with? What does it feed us with? It feeds us with hope, help. It feeds us with a new path. When we can't find our way, the Lord Jesus will direct our way. I think I got a witness over here. A new will and a new way. And so coupled uh, with the bread and the way, John is saying that one day Jesus started testifying, saying, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no man, that means woman also, cometh to the Father but by me. Just allow me to quickly say, uh, my brothers and sisters, this is not the church of Buddha. This is not the church of sweet daddy grace. This is not the church of father and mother divine. This is not the church of Confucius. This is not the church of Hinduism. This is not the church of heathenism and especially agnosticism. This is not the church of polytheism. But this is the church of Jesus Christ. The church where if you allow it, you should be propelled to change, to be altered, to be transmitted, to be transmuted, to be changed from the inside out, from the crown of your head to the tip of your toe. If you have a testimony, maybe your testimony might be, I'm changed, and I know I'm changed. By the transformation of Jesus Christ, I'm changed. And I know I'm changed. That, 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 that's what I'm talking about. That, that personal, something that gets in you, gets inside of you. That noticeable change that, that everyone sees around you. When you walk, uh, you don't walk the same. This change is, is almost as drastic as a man who was approaching midlife crisis. I remember uh, physically he thought he was a mess. Not only was he going bald after years of sitting in the office, but he had gotten a pot belly. And the last straw was when, when he asked the woman, his co-worker, out on a date. And she started laughing at him. He said, he said I'm fed up. Uh, I guess what I'm going to do. So he decided, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start a whole new regime. 
So he began to attend aerobic classes. He started working out with weights. He changed his diet and he got an expensive hair transplant. My, 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 my. And six months later, he was a different man. So again, he asked his female co-worker out on a date. And she, ex she accepted. Well, you know, he was excited. He was all in. And he dressed himself up. He got dressed up for the date. And he was looking, looked in the mirror, and he said, I'm looking better than ever. He stood then poised when he got to the young lady's house. He stood poised by her doorbell. And just before he rung the doorbell, a bolt of lightning struck him. Knocked him off his feet. And, he was, and as he was laying on the ground dying, he saw the angel of death and cried, why, why, why are you coming after me? He said, why now? He said, after all I've been through, how could you do this to me? Well, the angel looked at him and said, well, oops, I'm sorry because you changed so much I didn't recognize you. So I apologize. Touched him and live on. So he got up. Amen. It might not, it, it's, it should be that drastic. It might not be that drastic with us, but it should be that drastic. When Jesus Christ touches us, we're not supposed to be the same. And when the real church of Christ propels us and transforms us, we are not the same. We are not a propelled social club. We are not a propelled social clique. But we have been propelled by Jesus Christ. When we come into this church, we ought to think different. We ought to, well, walk different. We ought to talk different. <clears throat> Can you agree with me? <clears throat> because let me tell you, the church is still a place where those who are sick with sin can come and be healed. The church is still a place where the captives shall be set free. The church is still a place where those who are broken up, beaten up, all messed up can come back together again. The church, the church, the church is still a place where jagged lives can be made smooth. We are still the church of God in Christ Jesus. The church is still a place where those who are lost shall be found. The church is still a place where those who are bound can be set free. The church is still a place where there, those who are hungry can find living bread and can find the bread of life. The church is still a place where those who are thirsty can find living water. The church is still a place where the greatest story has ever been told is heard right at this pulpit, right on this corner. Not the building, not the carpeted floors, not the stained glass, not the cushion pews, although it's mighty comfortable, although not the, uh, not all of the uh, uh, acoustics of the church, not all of the, those who are sitting in this comfort, but the church is the one who can say, when we get up to testify, we're going to say, I once was lost. 
but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. But let me tell you, today the church has great challenges and we need help. Let me, if you are a mega church, you have mega problems. If you are a traditional church, you have traditional problems. If you have a storefront church, you have stored up problems. And all our problems are magnetized by what the Apostle Paul told Timothy when he wrote that second letter, a missive, a dispatch, and a communication. When he said, well, Timothy, you might as well know this too. That in the last days, it's going to be difficult to be a Christian. People will love their money. They will be proud and boastful and sneer at God. They will be disobedient to their parents. They will be hard-headed, constant liars and think nothing of immorality. They will be ungrateful and thoroughly bad. They will dislike good people. They will betray their friends. They will be cruel and violent. Doesn't that sound like something we're living in today? They won't think anything and nothing about the church. They will be hot-headed, puffed up with pride. They will uh, prefer the good times over their worshiping God. Doesn't that sound like today? They will be warped and twisted. They will have uh, minds that are unclean minds against the Christian faith. But there are some who, who will be helped along the way. That's why the church is here. That's why we're here. Some that's going to be helped. So we must keep on teaching, keep on preaching, and keep on believing. And before I say anything else, uh, the, a church that is propelled by Jesus Christ, and John, uh, 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 he reverberates uh, what Christ said when Jesus said that I am the bread of life. Well, very quickly, there are three compelling and propelling uh, projectiles that fuels the Church of Christ to address this present era, age, and span of living. What are they? First, the church that is propelled by Jesus Christ must be a worshipful church. You know, we're not worshiping like we used to. We're not singing, I'm on the battlefield. Because most of us are walking away from that battlefield. We're not singing, oh, I, used to, I just sang a month ago, down at the cross like we used to. When we come into this place, then we ought to feel ready to focus on him. And we ought to feel a testimony coming on when we hit these grounds. Our testimony, I don't know what your testimony is, but our testimony is that I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. When we come into this place, I believe we should receive worship help. In order to get some help, we must allow Jesus to put a praise on it. Not just come along to be along, as I said, but to put a, a, a praise on it. Put a praise up in front. Put a praise up in your worship. Be, be, uh, because true Christian worshipers and believers must praise God for everything. Praise him for setups. Praise him for setbacks. Praise him 
for sleeping soundly last night. Praise him if we toss and turn last night. Praise him if, we dress, if he dressed us up last night. Praise him because we were dressed up this morning with his grace and his mercy. I don't know about you, but praise him because he dressed us up with love. I wonder, have I got witnesses in this house? Love, joy, and peace. Praise him for, for faith. Praise him for gentleness and strength. Praise him for a rugged, brawny, rough, pitted, raggedy, and jagged cross. Somebody ought to say thank you this morning. Somebody ought to say thank you, Jesus, this morning. Somebody ought to say he's worthy this morning. But then secondly, secondly, the church that is propelled by Jesus Christ must be a church filled with prayer. When we get on the line on Wednesday night, we are filled with prayer. Those 70 or 60 or 70 people that get online, we are filled with prayer. We are propelled by, by the church that prays together. And when you pray together, you're going to stay together. We, we need to take off with a little bit of prayer. I think I got witnesses on this side. Second Chronicles seven fourteen said, "If my people, who are which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their line, lie, land." When the church prays, when the church plays, it collectively takes the concerns of a congregation of believers before God and prays about the lost life. We are the troubled spirit, the confused life. Pray for our, our frustrated community. Pray for our rebellious spirit. But don't stop there. Don't stop there. Keep on praying because if you keep on praying, some help is going to come on your side. I think I have witnesses in this house. God, God, God may have already made up our mind, but persistence uh, prayer will change things and it will transform our lives. Because one day Jesus told a parable of the importuning, importuning neighbor who beat the neighbor's door while at midnight, even though the neighbor was asleep. He kept on beating so long that the neighbor finally opened the door and let him in. Jesus called that importunity and persistence. Well, let me tell you, for this year, I don't know how you know how to pronounce prayer, but all of us should pronounce prayer P-U-S-H. We ought to pronounce prayer P-U-S-H. And for this church, Anniversary after 78 years, it's time to pronounce push. P-U-S-H. That is pray until something gonna happen. Well, 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 well. The church ought to push up and the church ought to keep praying. You know, when, when you, you, you have some knee-bowing uh, people in the house, I believe I have some knee-bowing people in the house. I believe, you know, our older deacons used to pray when they pray like this. Lord, Lord, I come to you knee bowed and body bent. 
let me tell you, we ought to come to the Lord knee bowed and body bent. When you are compelled to get on your knees, you are propelled to get up and be a blessing in someone else's life. But then third and last, a church that is propelled by Jesus Christ is the church that knows its power and persistence only comes from the bread of Jesus Christ. In other words, my brothers and sisters, I got bread, but this bread is not on my table. You might have meat and vegetables at home, in the oven, and you're ready to put it on the table. But I'm not talking about this kind of table. This bread is that other bread. For the hymn knowledge is said something like this. He said, bread of heaven. Bread. Somebody say bread. Bread of heaven. Feed me until I want no more. Uh-huh. I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hey, 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 hold me with thy powerful, with thy powerful hand. You know when what well 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 when when you know where that bread is the bread is the founder the bread is the author and the bread is the finisher of our faith when you know where the bread is the bread is the way <clears throat> the truth and the life when you know where the bread is when you need some strength, that bread will make you strong. When you need a genuine, true moment, that bread is sincere. When you need dependability, that bread is steadfast. When you need uh, that bread, when you need some mercy, that bread is merciful. When you need that power, that bread is powerful. When you need that bread, let me tell you that bread is called the Son of Jesus Christ. Jesus, He's that bread. Jesus, He's that way. And because of that way, that bread is a way to the sinner's Savior. That bread is unique and premier that bread stands all by itself that bread is a heart fixer that bread is a mind regulator that bread is a miracle worker that bread is a soul satisfier that bread heals that bread strengthens that bread Guards and guides. That bread cleans us up on the inside. That bread forgives and acquits our sins. That bread defends and delivers. That bread serves and solves. That bread is the key to wisdom. That bread is the spring of righteousness. That bread is the doorway to deliverance. That bread is the highway to righteousness that bread is a, God, a gateway to glory that bread
bread is goodness. That bread is limitless. That bread is mercy. That bread is love. That bread is the word. And my brothers, the word is enough. Have I got a witness? That word is enough. Why is it enough? Because he said, my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. That's what that bread says. Well, I'm going to tell you what else it says. That bread says his name is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. His name is Jesus. The only one. Be very sure. Be very sure that your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. Well, what is that rock? That rock holds us. That rock heals us. That rock directs us. That rock covers us. That rock delivers us. That rock hides us, restores us, protects us. That rock cleanses us. That rock forgives us. That rock motivates us. Be propelled. This rock is Jesus. The only one. The doors of the church are open. The doors of the church are open. Be very sure. Come today. The doors of the church. Be very sure. Your anchor holds and grip.